One way that we can channel the future Federation spirit into today's world is ensuring that we're using people's preferred pronouns. I didn't do the research ahead of time on this episode as I should have, and so sometimes we don't get them quite right for the characters and actor in this episode. So, Jesse James Kaidel, the actor who plays Captain Angel in this episode, is a trans woman who goes by she-her pronouns. The character themselves of Captain Angel, however, uses they-them pronouns, and sometimes we use those interchangeably in the episode. That's my fault for not checking ahead of time. It's always important we use these pronouns correctly because, you know what, representation and inclusion matters, and so if someone tells you what their pronouns are, you know, use them. That's what the Federation would do. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is home for amazing pin collectibles with over 400 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code worth 10% off your next order at fansets.com. Fansets, our pins have character. It's almost hijinks again when the Enterprise is lured into a trap and yar, there be pirates. Boarded and commandeered, the ship is lost to the swashbuckling crew of the Serene Squall, a pirate ship on the edge of Federation space looking for a score. The captain and away team are taken hostage, but thankfully our heroes have a new ally in Dr. Aspen, or do they? And can Spock's relationship survive yet more strain as T'Pring is forced to choose between love and duty? Or at least matrimonial bond and duty. Duty. Duty, yeah. Get out of there. Keep your career. Okay. Thanks for joining us on Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe Companion, presented by Fansets. This week, we see the captain save the ship through his culinary skills, some philosophical discussion about false dichotomy and identity, and hopes dashed that maybe the Tholians were making an appearance. I thought for sure that was going on when all the laser beams started. (laughs) There is also a blast from Spock's and the Trek movie franchise past. I'm Matthew Simone, and I'm joined by Yvette Blackmontom and by Ayana Maytom. Hello, hello. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Library computer, data being received. If you like to follow the show on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Discovering Trek or on Facebook. You can join the conversation on Camp Kittimer. Answer a few simple questions and our admins, Haley, Jackie, and Fark will let you in. A reminder that this episode of Discovering Trek provide spoilers for the Strange New Worlds episode, Serene Squall. If you have not watched yet, head over to Paramount Plus and watch the episode and then head back. Failure to do so leaves you open to spoilers. Episode 107 of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Serene Squall aired June 16th, 2022. It was written by Bo DeMaio and Sarah Tarkoff. It was directed by Sydney Freeland. All right. How did everyone feel about this one? Wow. I really enjoyed it, honestly. Um, plot twist. Do love a plot twist, of course. Kind of fell into it. I, I'm not going to lie. I also fell for all the tricks and was very surprised <laughs> when it turned out to be not who we thought it was. <laughs> but overall, I really did enjoy it, especially um, especially my favorite uh, Nurse Chapel and her her 
her wittiness, her quirkiness, her just badassness. I love it. Yeah, um, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up again. You know, another thumbs up. It, it was a good episode. Um, I love a pirate episode. Uh, it was funny. It was, they were, like she said, it were pop, plot twists. Nurse Chapel was doing her thing. So I, I guess, you know, thumbs up. I don't know. I don't think we're going to have a thumbs down. It's <laughs> ever going to happen, but a thumbs up all the way. Yeah. Yvette, I know that you and I, we we kind of, we were kind of like hate or miss on the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. But was, that, I don't think we did a thumbs down. I think it no, was no, like, no. Yeah, it was good. You know. Yeah. It just seemed a little, a little bit on the nose that one. I know yeah. there was a lot of people online after we did a review of that episode that really loved it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was, but it was still good, but you know, yeah. just to, yeah, yeah. but this one, yeah, this one, I really enjoyed it. I, I liked, uh, um, Ayana May, you, you talked about like, Nurse Chapel and I loved her scene of running around with like the hypo spray and like hypo spraying yes. people, you know. <laughs> and she's like, just because she's a she's doctor so doesn't or a nurse doesn't mean she can't like you know be badass and right. fight back Absolutely. and help the crew and everything. <laughs> and else. she was so, I mean, there were so many you know bodies around her. She was you know hypo spraying them left and right. You go, girl, no hesitation. I like that. When the pirates are running in the hallway or in the like in the corridors of the ship, she doesn't like hesitate for a second. Like she knows immediately that something's going on. Like these people are just supposed to be here. She's like hiding out in the corridors and getting her hypo ready and everything else. So, and uh, but I didn't see that coming. I didn't think the ship was going to get taken over. And I certainly had the wool pulled over my eyes what? by our doctor. I no, I didn't. What, should I have? I figured no, no, they got that. Fleet security is trash. Come on. <laughs> that is true. Over and over again. They are trash. They are always getting boarded. That ship gets boarded in every timeline, <laughs> every universe. <laughs> I don't care what century it is. That damn ship is always way <laughs> boarded. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with uh, security on the Federation. It's trash. It's trash. Yeah, this is something we make fun of in, in TNG as well. It's like how many times people can just like make off with shuttlecraft. Like you can literally just walk in there and just steal a shuttlecraft right. and like just take Seriously. off at any point. Lock, lock it out. Lock it out, Orf. I can't. It's too late. What? Yeah, it's too late. Why yeah. is it too late? <laughs> Why do you keep leaving the keys in these things? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and then I guess I guess Lawn isn't isn't culpable in this case because she was over on the Serene Squall, so it's you know we can't. Yeah, but it's her people. Come on, it's her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe some more training needs to go on with security staff there on the Enterprise. Seriously. So let's talk about uh, Captain No Doctor Aspen, right? So Doctor Aspen, uh, who later Aspen, on turned yes. on to be. I was totally taken by that. So I, I did not see the double cross happening. And then of course, when I thought about it, I was like, oh, this, you know, it's kind of obvious that this happened. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> when, when, they got, when they showed up in that black um, skin tight outfit, I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> something's right. gonna happen. I don't know. I, was, that's, room, that's, yeah. what, that's what, that's what kind of turned the tables for me. I was like, why is this person in a, this black, sleek she's got you know they're a doctor and i'm like uh hmm what's happening here that kind of threw me off a little bit i was like i don't know i don't think i trust this person anymore they look too good look too good (laughs) not a counselor not a counselor didn't look like a counselor anymore yeah Mm -hmm. anyone who looks too good in star trek they're usually evil (laughs) exactly yeah ayana may you said uh you were taken by that twist as well so how did you feel about that character by the end I was a little upset because I really did feel bad for her. You know, she was she had that whole heartbreak story about her. her, They had their whole heartbreak (laughs) story about their Vulcan husband and how they lost 
you know, how they were trying to relate to Spock. He's so hard to relate to because he doesn't show his emotions, but everyone wants to hit that human side and he just won't let them do it, you know? And they tried so hard to connect. And I was like, wow, like, this is genuine. Like, finally, somebody for him to relate to because they they have that relationship with the Vulcan. And then it just it was not what it was truly was. But you know what? When we did realize that um, Dr. Aspen was Captain Angel, was pretty quirky she had some they had some really good lines I was really happy about that mm-hmm. it was I was laughing I'm not gonna lie I, I kind of enjoyed the character after that I was like oh you're, you're fun to watch <laughs> hopefully they turn up in other episodes that's what mm-hmm. I was hoping I was like this is a really interesting character I think we all and said that yeah 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 I want to know about that necklace oh yeah it's a little transporter bead necklace yeah. I want one yeah, of those that. To I would myself too. to work or whatever i don't have to go anywhere nope no um, transporters give me a shuttle no adam rearranging have you seen how dangerous shuttles are in star trek yeah they're pretty want, dangerous yeah you don't want to get in a shuttle <laughs> in star true. trek that's, that's not true. yeah that, you're true. gonna be you're gonna crash land on somewhere and that's gonna be that's gonna oh, be gosh. it yeah. um, <laughs> did, did people feel though that okay so yeah like they totally manipulated spock basically yeah. mm-hmm. but i did feel like there was there were still sincere moments between them in those earlier parts of the conversation like in his quarters and stuff did 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 you both feel like there was still like that they were being sincere with spock even though toward the end it was clearly used to manipulate them and take over the ship i think they were very um genuine in the information and how they were relating to spock um i just think they used that against him you know, in the end, but I, I think all the information that they gave Spock, all the, that talk was something that he needed to hear, you know, but, you know, they just used it against him. That's what, you know, that was the point of what they wanted to do. They wanted to use Spock's human side, use his emotions to manipulate him. And even though he says that he doesn't succumb to his human half, boy, did he get played like a fiddle, mm-hmm. like a human. So <laughs> Spock, man, I know you want to be full Vulcan, but it's so easy for someone to just go ahead and, and, and twist those small little human emotions that yeah. he pulls out and That's Captain right. Angel did it buttons. very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Angel mentions that at the end because Spock is still denying right up to the end of the episode that he can be yes. manipulated by emotion. And they're like, I've been using emotions this entire time. in order A to whole just, episode. A whole episode <laughs> to guide you in different places. Yeah. Um, now the actor that plays Dr. Aspen slash Captain Angel is uh, Jesse James Keitel and they're a um, transgendered actor mm-hmm. uh, for this episode. Now, I... I think then it is not, it's not a surprise then that the conversation with Spock is around mm-hmm. this sort of false dichotomy or this binary in in his identity between like being a Vulcan and a human. I found that conversation actually like really insightful because yeah. that's never been a dimension that's ever been allowed in that character. They they always have to, they're always in a battle, but they never ever consider that there are other options besides either being human or Vulcan mm-hmm. or fully human or fully Vulcan. How did everyone feel about that conversation? I, I think we, when we watched it um, together, I, I had watched it before, but then when we watched it together, that's when I really felt that. I was like, wow. Cause I was like, wow, that's a really good way of really um, understanding transgender also. And it made me go, wow, I didn't, never thought to think of that as a Spock you know we always thought that um you know Dax you know Dax was the one that was 
more in tune to maybe, you know, the, the, a binary person, but it still, it goes well with Spock also. Listening to that conversation, it was, you know, applause to the Star Trek writers again, because it touched so many people. It really did like who you can't let, you know, Vulcan and human define you. You can't let those physical things define you. It's who you are as a human being, no matter what. It doesn't matter the facade or, or who you try to hide because you have to be true to yourself in order to be happy. I really enjoyed that conversation as well. And I know it touched a whole lot of people, probably in ways they don't even realize now. You know, it's just, it was words. Some people needed just to hear those, those that word, those conversations, that words. It was good. Yeah, my understanding is that the director on this episode, Sydney Freeland, is a is a trans director as well. So it clearly like there was there was there was a point made around introducing this idea, like this non-binary idea. And rather than I thought for sure it was going to come more through through Amber as a character. So I was looking yes. for that dialogue. But then instead it's like, but okay, let's take it through a character you already know and yes. show then how mm -hmm. this thinking is still applicable to, to someone who you wouldn't normally think is like transgendered, yes. Yes. but how that dialogue and that conversation can still help even like a cisgender person like me can mm -hmm. still benefit from those kinds of thoughts and ideas because how often do we put ourselves in like false binaries boxes. or dichotomies <laughs> and boxes? And so uh -huh. this is why, like, I think this conversation around trans rights is so important because it helps all of us in our society to think of ways that we otherwise will box ourselves or cage ourselves in, in terms of our own identity. I, I thought that was really brilliant. And just it, in that one little piece. I of think time. it helped. It actually, I know it helped me because I, you know, I, I'm definitely, a, a, a supporter of anyone who feels like they they feel they're less than but to be a supporter is one thing but to understand it is another so that really it helped me a lot to really understand um transgender just a little bit more you know because i'm i can put myself in that in in that in that box also i've you know i have boxes also so i i really i really enjoyed that part of it and I think that's how she got most of us, or they got most of us, because we were so into, oh, that's a great line, and wow, we're learning so much. And they were like... It was relatable, right? It was relatable for, for everyone, kind but of. But then the switcheroo came along, like, wait, oh, this, really, this still is a Star Trek episode now. <laughs> yeah, and the ship's got to get taken over. Right. Said, yeah. This has to happen now. Exactly. Yeah. Uh. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I was marvelous. I, I thought it was really good. And, and uh, so I really love that aspect of it. And so, yeah, I do hope we get to see this character again because they really just like owned the, the, yeah, the I think, scene. I think and... we're definitely going to see, um, they're going to be our uh, Harry Mudd, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Another pirate in the Star Trek universe. Pirates. Actually, when I first read the description for this episode, I thought they might actually be introducing Harry Mudd. You know, it seemed a little bit along that line, that tone. Okay, so what about the moment on the bridge with Spock and Nurse Chapel? Is that really acting? Were they really, you know, Chapel says, I appreciate where I stand with Vulcans because they're always honest. And I'm like, oh, you heard, you heard what T'Pring said. She said you needed that human half to sell the passion of that kiss. Mm -hmm. She could see it and we could see it. <laughs> I don't know who he's fooling, <laughs> but wow, what a kiss. It was the embrace, man. Yeah, like, well, that's what it was, the embrace. Oof, yeah, both of them. The embrace and his death Vulcan stare. I mean, you know, those eyes don't give too much, but I saw some, I saw some emotion in that saw at the end sparks. of that kiss. <laughs> I saw some sparkles. Yeah. Awesome but I mean, it, it could be, you know, like, like Nurse Chapel said, no matter 
even if it was passionate, she understands that he's just not that type of guy that would chase after another woman while he had a girlfriend. She she gave him an out on that nice little out there. They have introduced now my man Stan. You saw that? <laughs> yes. Stan is there. I had to make sure that was his right name. (laughs) Went back and watched the episode. I was like, it's it. That's Don. That's him. That's (laughs) Don. Yeah. So that's, you know, so we're already foreshadowing that now that that's going to be a problem. I wondered as soon as that person, that Vulcan was walking toward her, I was like, is that Don? And then she's like, Don. Oh, oh, no. Uh, So that's, so these things are put in motion now. I mean, that's not coincidence that that happens with Chapel and then we have Don in the same episode. Yeah. 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 The stuff on the Serene Squall was kind of more side story, I think, than anything. But it was it was funny yeah. that the captain managed to like, literally literally cook up a mutiny. That was cool. Yes. Cook it up. Was that Alpha Braga Four? Alpha Braga Four. <laughs> Every time I see um, uh, Number One and uh, Pike get together like that, I always think about what Anson told us about. He believes that they were um, that they went to the academy together. That's what him and um, Rebecca Romaine. That's their. That's their headcanon, is that they went to the, the academy together. So every time they do that, I'm like, yep, that's that academy stuff. <laughs> yeah, and maybe even served on early missions together on ships mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yep. yeah, they probably have all that, like all that repertoire now yep. in their brain yep. that they can yep. pull from. And then uh, the only other thing I was, I was surprised at the end. I was like, no, it's not, it's not half mm. brother Vulcan from Star Trek Five. I'm like, mm-hmm. is this Cybok? That's and, him. Yeah. They bring cool. him in at the end. And I was I was surprised by that because I know Star Trek V is not everyone's favorite Star Trek movie. <laughs> um, was anyone else surprised to see Cyborg? And what do you think is going to happen with that? I was definitely surprised about Cyborg. I, was, I, I didn't see that coming. Uh, mainly because I only saw that movie once. The night it came out. <laughs> and that was it. I had never seen it again. Got, you know, back in the, I think the 80s and yeah, that was the, I never wanted to see it again, <laughs> so I didn't. <laughs> no, it is not the best. It is not the best of Star Trek. <laughs> Neat idea, but yeah, not pulled off super well. Um, Ayana, what do you think is going to happen with Cyborg in Strange New Worlds? Honestly, uh, I was also thrown off about that because what was, what was the name that she said? Uh, Zavarius? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, and, I, I guess a, fa- a false name or something. Yeah, yeah, a false name like that, but... Spock knew immediately and as as uh you know we watched the episode more Captain Angel was talking about how Zavarius talked about Spock so much so much so that's when I was like oh well I mean who else could it possibly be but Cyborg but Mm -hmm. I know he's gonna be a terror (laughs) I know that's for sure he's gonna come in and do some some real damage him and his uh I wonder if he skipped the because didn't he did he skip his colonar I wonder if that happened yet Mm -hmm. I want to see if they go deeper into him because you know we saw his his end part in the movie like we saw like his his demise his end part there we didn't see how he became to be so fascinated with this this godlike figure so maybe they'll dive deeper into his back background and and you know his how he became uh, born out of wedlock and how all that happened we see that there is this wrestling in the last couple episodes now the spock wrestling with his more emotional side or yeah or human side i, I bet you cyborg's gonna be a foil for that sort oh, of yeah. inner journey right mm-hmm, really just definitely Come with me, Spock. Come be emotional. Right. <laughs> in the movie, did did they know each other when they met? They knew each other, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I doubt they had much contact, but they at least knew about each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, because uh, in this episode, he was told never to, never to um, make contact with him, so yeah. I'm sure he listened. 
Yeah. I, I just find it funny that Sarek, the Vulcan of all Vulcans, is forever doing something that's not Vulcan. <laughs> he's, at, he's at a kid out of wedlock. Stepping I out. mean, that's an emotional thing, isn't it? I mean, are they supposed to have their, you know, mating bonds? They're supposed to be bonded to someone. He just decided, oh, I'm just going to have this kid. I'm not getting bonded to no one. <laughs> then he's got a hat that he brings. He's got human wives. I mean... Sarek is a mess. Maybe he's got more <laughs> human going on that he's right. leading up. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting then that him and Spock didn't get along. Right. That's what I, I never understood that. I was like, Sarek loves everything human, but he doesn't, you know, he can't deal with his own kid. Side note on Sarek. Sorry. Yeah. No, you might be, you might be laying out some of what they're going to about to get into in the, in the series. I wonder if that's where they're going to be going with bringing in Cybok. It might be I've always had a, a little side eye for Sarek. So. Ah. <laughs> like, <laughs> We'd like to take a moment to talk about Fansets, the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Fansets merchandise, as we know, is the leader in pin collectibles for Star Trek, but they offer more than that. In addition to Star Trek, you can find pins for the Big Bang Theory, Scooby Doo, DC Comics, Batman 66, Harry Potter, and Rick and Morty. As a listener to the show, you can receive 10% off your next order from Fansets by using the code TREKGEEKS, all capital letters, at checkout. And remember that you receive free shipping in the U.S. on orders over $30 or more. Fansets, our pins have character, and we thank Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Starfleet Command is proud to present you the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. So uh, awards, any awards to actors, producers, writers, prop masters, if there was some key things you wanted to highlight for people who were either about to see the episode or hadn't seen it, where, what would you want to draw attention to? My funny award is going to be for Pike. And then I would love to give an award to um, uh, Jesse, Jesse James. Was, was that her name? Yeah. Jesse James Keitel. Yes. I think she, I, I think she was a wonderful um, actress, actor. Um, I, I really hope they, um, she comes back as, um, you know, our mud for Strange New Worlds. I would love to see that. Um, all right, so I'll go. So I'm going to say um, I really liked, I want everyone to look out for the, the costume designing, the new suits that they go to um, when they go onto the pirate ship. I feel like, I don't think, I think we, we discussed that um, Yvette, I think we didn't realize that, you know, I think we thought those were new suits because that gold plate that Pike was wearing, that was nice. And then you saw uh, La'an had her red plate for her security. So that was great. And of course, Captain Angel, her black cat suit, that was real sexy with the jewelry and all of the all of the accessories that went along with it. It was very giving pirate. And even when um, Captain Angel was Dr. Aspen, her, uh, their green uh, bomber jacket was just I would love to get find something like that to wear that all day. <laughs> so definitely look out for the uh, the new uh, costume designing. It is wonderful. I think out of all the awards we've given the last couple episodes, I don't know if we've mentioned costuming yet, but it's been nope. really good. Like the whole show, everyone yeah. looks so good. You know, so like good. I really like that they kept the the white 
uh, from Discovery for the medical, uh, the nurse, like Nurse Chapel's mm -hmm. in that white jumpsuit. Um, I really like that they kept that because when they had that for Discovery, it was cool, sleek, clean in there, it was so white, sterile. I was like, oh, yes. And then <laughs> she's got her white jumpsuit, and I just, oh man, I love it. I'm gonna probably try and cosplay that one time, one year. We'll see. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. No good points. Um, I think, yeah, I'm probably gonna go as well with uh, Jesse James Cattell also to the director is Sidney Freeland and, and just for really selling that argument uh, or not argument, but conversation like, and around really essentially what is a conversation around about trans rights and trans identity, but, but putting it within Star Trek in such a way that it's like, you know what it is. And it's through the lens of a character that can make even a really wide audience like understand and, and empathize with. And I thought that was just really smart. So I guess as well to the writers on this episode. So they are Bo DeMaio and, and Sarah Tarkov. And that's, this is why, you know, I was like, I saw that. And I was like, this is why I love Star Trek. I was like, this is what Star Trek can do. Um, yeah. And just such like a, and, and being able to jump in in a contemporary conversation and, and make it fit so well. I was like, that yeah. was really smart. It's just really yeah. smart. Yep. Mm -hmm. As usual. Yes. As usual. Yeah, I love our franchise. I know, I know. I'm proud to be a Star Trek. <laughs> Me too. Um, any other final thoughts on this one before we roll out? And it just keeps getting better and better. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm so well. You know, I'm so happy that this is a thing, and um, you know, I just it just makes me happy on Thursdays. <laughs> My oh, little gosh. Trek heart is just so happy. <laughs> Yvette, thank you so much. Ayana May, thank you so much for joining us as well. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Yeah, I hope you can come for more episodes, just like Angel. We hope that you revisit us. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to try and get a nice transporter necklace once I figure <laughs> that out. My sister, she does physics. I'm sure she'll figure that out soon. I'll get everybody she just, one. She, my <laughs> youngest daughter definitely says that she is going, she's going to be the model. She's going to start the Federation. It's going to be her. She's a physics and uh, government policy. Yeah, international politics. Physics. She's a physics major and a government policy major. And mm -hmm. I'm like, so what are you going to do with that? Build the Federation. Yeah. Okay. Single-handedly. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy and scared all at once. <laughs> well, that's what we need is we need people that are doing that kind of thinking. In well, that's, that's the only way it's going to start. It's got to be that. It's got to be at least one person. If there's one thing that might stop the Federation from forming, it is when our, like, when social policy and technology seem out of sync with each other. Yep. But if we can, if, you know, that's one thing we see in the Federation is they, they work together to they make that together. better future. We gotta, that's we gotta make everybody yeah. believe in science. That's our first goal. <laughs> we have a big problem with that, you know, not just here in this state. And then as we saw in this episode, not just believe in science, but also believe in each other, you know, and that seems like the other thing we need to yeah. do too. Most definitely, most definitely. Don't forget that you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to unedited audio of all our podcasts and of a lot of other perks. If you'd like to support this and the other member podcasts of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, beam on over to patreon.com forward slash trekgeeks, where subscriptions start at low as $2 per month. For more great Star Trek discussion, check out the aforementioned member podcast on the network. In addition to discovering Trek, there is Trek Geeks, Rewind, Polytreks, Five-Year Mission, Deep Space Pride, Drawn to Trek, Infinite Trek, 
The Divine Treasury, Sci-Fi Sisters, Science Station 2, with the first link and the newest addition to the network, ConPod, about Star Trek conventions. You can find all these shows and where to listen on trekgeeks.com forward slash listen or by downloading the Trek Geeks mobile app. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Yar, mateys, that wraps things for us here on Discovering Trek, covering Strange New Worlds, Episode 7, The Serene Squall. As of this recording, this week's episode of Strange New Worlds will be the Elysian Kingdom. The Enterprise becomes stuck in a nebula that is home to an alien consciousness that traps the crew in a fairy tale. Will it be Robin Hood? Let's find out. Big thanks to you, my co-host Yvette, and as well to Ayana May for joining us this week. Thank you for finding us here on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, and we'll see you soon. Remember, no one talks Trek like we do.